Welcome to Canine Hijinks, the podcast for those who want to explore more ways to have fun with their dogs and perhaps discover the wider world of training and dog sports. It may even convert the casual pet owner into a dog sport enthusiast. Join me, Alyssa Looney. And me, Whitney Taylor, as we share our dog training journeys, as well as resources you can use to enhance your life with your canine friends. Welcome to episode two of Canine Hijinks. Today, we will be exploring the many dog sports and activities available to you with your dog. There are many. There are so many, in fact, that if we were to do a deep dive into each one, we would be here for hours, maybe days. So our plan is to dive deeper into these sports in future episodes. But for today, we want to do a high-level overview of the many sports and activities that exist and how to find them so you can start to get a sense of all the available opportunities out there to have some fun with your dogs. Before we get started... Alyssa, what is something fun you did with your dogs over the last couple of weeks? Oh, goodness. I've been doing so much training with my puppy who just turned five months old. And this weekend, I am competing with my Border Collie Gadget at an AKC trial for agility. Me too. Actually, I hit a huge milestone this weekend with my current competition dog, Fractal. We got all of the qualifying scores that we needed to attend the world team tryouts for the Agility World Championships. So um, the tryouts are the first thing that you do in order to try and make a team. And this is the third year that we've been trying to get qualified and the first time we've managed to do it. So it was a pretty big deal. That's very exciting. I've been waiting in the wings, waiting for that to happen for you. And And recording all the videos. Yes. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, um, let's dive into our topic for today. So first, we want to mention that any activities you engage with your dog in are great. They crave both exercise and mental challenges on a daily basis to remain both mentally and physically healthy. So this might look like leash walks around your neighborhood or off-leash exercise in large fields out in the woods. Um, It might even look like you hiding food or toys around your house for them to find. In bad weather, I will often play games that include hiding food around my house to keep my dogs busy without having to venture outside. And while this doesn't replace a lot of active exercise it at least helps out when the weather is extreme. In addition, there are some food toys you can use to give your dog some enrichment. Um, we'll include some links to those in the show notes for toys we've used, like Kongs or slow feeder bowls, things like that, that um, they can just take a little longer to eat their meals or a snack or something gives them a little more uh, activity to do when you can't go outside so much. A word of caution here though, please, please, please be sure to supervise your dogs anytime they're engaging with toys to make sure they don't swallow something they shouldn't. And we also want you to know that just because we're going to talk about sports and activities doesn't mean that the that that's the only way to add exercise and mental challenge for your dogs. Um, there's a lot of things you can do at home that will fill your dog's bucket. And while we will be talking more about those in future episodes um, and expanding on the four steps to behavioral wellness, uh, it's not the topic for today, but we definitely want you to know that there are other options besides formal activities to do with your dogs. All right, so today we are going to give you a little glimpse into the world of dog sports. There are so many different dog sports and activities out there. 
I think a lot of people become aware of a specific sport and just kind of dive in like Alyssa and I did with agility, only to realize later there are so many things out there. I had no idea. So many of you listening today might just be starting to think that you want to do something with your dog. Perhaps after listening to our first episode, you felt that your dog resembled one of our two dogs that we talked about and realized that you need to do something to give your dog additional mental challenge but you don't know what that something is. This is what we are going to talk about today, finding sports and activities to get involved in. So we're going to give you a broad idea of the types of activities that exist. And there's basically two main categories that we would lump lump dog sports and activities into. Uh, Whitney, you want to tell us about those? So first are what I think of as purpose-bred activities. So these are activities that simulate the types of things that dogs were originally bred to do. So for example, herding, sledding, hunting, protection, ratting. I love all of these activities that are out there. Growing up, I would actually read breed books cover to cover like they were novels, and I was fascinated at all the different jobs that dogs had. And these types of sports give dogs the opportunity to express and tap into those natural instincts. (laughs) Whitney, I think you were a dog nerd way earlier in life than I was. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. But maybe that's because I, I was into horses and raising rabbits when I was a kid. So dogs didn't enter my life in a serious way till I was an adult. <laughs> anyway, um, so the second group is sport activities, and these are fun and competitive. They showcase the athleticism, the learning capacity, and rapport we have with our canine friends. Notable among this category is things like agility, fly ball, disc dog, rally, and obedience, as well as protection sports. These sports are typically competitive and require a fair amount of training. I think one of the best things about one of these, uh, any of these sports, is that the dogs really develop a love for the game. Right? So I keep all my agility stuff in the garage, and I have to be really careful when I go out there because the dogs will get so excited, they'll knock me over and they'll knock the kids over too. So, But they're like, the idea of doing agility is is just too exciting. They can't handle it. (laughs) Absolutely. My dogs know when we go to the arena that fun is about to happen. And if we don't go inside, you can see what I would describe as disappointment in their body language. (laughs) Um, So now that we've got you all excited about the different things that you can try with your dog, I'm sure you're thinking, yeah, Alyssa, that's great. But how do I get involved? I wouldn't even know where to start or what to pick. So many of these things sound so awesome. So a good step would be to visit the American Kennel Club website. Most often that's referred to as the AKC. That's the American Kennel Club. They host a wide variety of sports and activities, and you can peruse their website and then search um, YouTube for videos of people doing each sport. Right. So normally our first advice would be to find a local event and go watch, but These are COVID times, and there are not many events being held right now, and the few that are aren't really allowing spectators. So, for now, YouTube it is. Yeah, certainly. Also, the AKC website has a quiz you can go take to see what sports might be a good fit for you and your dog. We'll include a link to that in the show notes for you, um, but that's a good way to see what they think you might be good at or your dog might be good at. 
Another good resource, even though some people will groan, is Facebook. There are a lot of different dog sport groups on Facebook that can be a good resource for finding trainers, learning about local happenings, and just asking a few questions. Yes, Facebook. It does have a lot of resources for dog sport groups. Uh, The other group I would steer you towards is the Fenzi Dog Sports Academy. Fenzi is spelled F-E-N-Z-I. It's an online dog training school that was developed to provide online classes for almost any dog sport that's out there. They have everything from introductory classes to advanced skills classes, and we will provide a link to that academy in the show notes for you. Again, that's Fenzi Dog Sports Academy. So aside from online learning, there are certainly trainers and centers and local clubs almost anywhere in the United States. Some training facilities focus just on pet behaviors, but often they will have a mix of pet behavior and sport dog classes. You might ask your veterinarian if they have good resources for you or find a local sporting dog group on Facebook to look for referrals for good training centers. We will also be talking more about how to find a good dog trainer in episode four, so watch out for that to be published to get some great information on how to go about that task. Yeah, so these are just a few general ideas about how you can start looking into the many activities that exist. We will be dedicating a lot of future episodes to diving deeper into specific sports and providing specific resources to get started in each one of them. I'm really looking forward to those and learning so much more my Myself. What else do you think people should know before heading out and just starting dog sport classes? Well, one thing I think is important to note is dog sports can be a little different than some other sports that you might engage in, particularly with animals. So I think about when I learned to ride horses, in which case I started at a barn that had lesson horses that I could borrow. I didn't have to own one and the horse was already trained. So when you go to take horse riding lessons, you're really focusing on teaching yourself, not the horse. In dog sports, this is highly unusual. Um, It's very rare to be able to borrow a trained dog to learn with. And that means that both you and your dog will be learning at the same time. So this can present some challenges when we fumble with all that there is to learn. But the whole point really is to spend more time with my dog. So it's not a bad thing. The upside of this is it can really help you build a bond with your dog. And if you stick with the sport, it will no doubt provide you with an appreciation for proper foundation training, which is often hard to see right out of the gate. Foundation training when you're new to dog training often seems boring and unrelated to the end goal. And I do know this for sure because I'm now on my fourth agility dog, I think, and really finally understanding how important foundation skills are. (laughs) But the downside is uh, you often won't realize your full sport potential with your first dog because of this. Right. So this is part of the reason some people end up with so many dogs. Alyssa... I I only have four now. (laughs) (laughs) So, Alyssa, what other dog sports are you interested in trying in all of your free time with your many, many dogs? Yes, all of my free time. Well, I so currently I have four dogs in this household. One is a Border Collie cattle dog mix and one is a rat terrier. And those are the two that aren't actively engaged in agility at this point. Both of them 
really like to hunt small rodents. So rat terriers were designed to hunt rats. That's what they were bred for. And ours certainly hunts the mice that we have on our property, the field mice, on a regular basis, as does my cattle dog, Mix. And so I would love to try barn hunt with both of them. I actually tried barn hunt one time with Lincoln, the cattle dog, Mix, and he thought that was just about the best thing ever. He got to, basically barn hunt is where they set up hay bales and there's a rat hidden in a tube. So the rat is safe and can't get hurt. And the dogs are supposed to determine where the rat is and signal so the handler that they found it and he thought that was the best game ever he loved it way more than agility was he ever loved agility so (laughs) I would love to try barn hunt with Tilly the rat terrier um, because I think that'd be super fun and then the other thing I'd really like to try is herding with um, both my border collies I so I love the idea of barn hunt my dad is super into terriers and I I well, I'll probably he now that he has retired and moved closer to me, I will probably end up stealing his current dog. He has a Carrie Blue Terrier and seeing if Shaw is interested in barn hunt. And I'm super interested in herding. I I have been ever since, well, I've basically had herding dogs. I've had a cattle dog, Dexter is a Springer mix, and then I got Fractal who is an Aussie, and then I have Sprite who just is 11 months today and a Border Collie. And I have done three herding lessons with Sprite and Fractal got to do an instinct test in herding. And it's just so fascinating to watch their instincts kick in. Like Mm -hmm. they just, they circle the sheep what nobody has to tell him to do it it's it's crazy <laughs> i i sort of don't get it which i think is why i find it really interesting um and and sprite has so, shown some really nice skills just out of the gate and i love the idea of of nurturing that and i don't know maybe it's anthropomorphizing and people won't agree with me but i say that agility is for me and i'll do hurting for her because she um even though i firmly believe she will love agility. Uh, I I think herding is certainly more natural for her. And the other thing that I've always been interested in is training for TV and film, which sort of seems random. Oh, yeah. But right, the, I, well, now when I watch TV shows, I, or, or films, I will see the dog looking at the handler off screen. And I'm, and I think that that's sort of like the next level is to get the dog to actually focus on something else other than just staring at the person off screen with the, with the hot dog. Um, <laughs> and it's just, I was never actually interested in like figuring out how to get one of those TV jobs, right? I was like, well, it just sounds like you, the training could all be interesting and fun and teach a dog to go to a mark and do tricks at a distance, which my dogs can sort of do but how do you go about finding a tv show or commercial to be in i was just like i don't know that's too much work i'm not gonna do that we do have friends with dogs who have been on national tv commercials though and even yeah. one that was uh the star of a um music video yes yes yeah. oh we should link link that video to this that would be fun yeah that would be super fun <laughs> I didn't even think about TV commercials that that would be fun. I maybe I'm biased, but I think I have cute dogs. Right? And you know, as I was listening to you talk though, Whitney, and name off your dogs, you do realize I only have one more dog than you do right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So dogs with paying jobs are awesome. We actually have several friends that have goose dogs, and they help keep properties like schools clear of huge flocks of Canadian geese so that they don't become unusable, unusable due to huge amounts of goose poop. Well, and so the other thing that is there are sports that I just like watching. Right. So those great outdoor games that I talked about in the first episode also had hunt tests. And so I'm not real interested in training a gun dog personally, like me and guns aren't a thing. But I loved watching those dog and handler teams work, especially those dogs work at at such a distance, right? There's mm-hmm. just, you see so much confidence in them and they're so darn happy doing the thing that they're doing, right? So yes. um, I, that's the other thing. I can't wait for it to be a time when we can go just spectate more because I would love to do that. Absolutely. I actually, um, you've probably not had this opportunity, but my dad likes to bird hunt. And so I've mm. been to some, uh, bird hunting ranches, essentially, and oh. watching watching those dogs, they usually have a pointer and uh, a retriever or two, mm-hmm. um, and they are amazing. You know, you've got one dog that kind of flushes the birds or hunts the birds, so they kind of work a track back and forth, and you follow them, and you can see their body change, their body language when they are getting close to a bird. And then when they're close to one, those dogs will point at it, so they're usually a pointer type mm-hmm. dog and mm-hmm. then they'll send in the retrievers to actually flush the bird up so that you can shoot it up, up in the air so that the dogs are safe down below it's really quite fascinating to watch those dogs work and they are having a ball and so then so they shoot the bird and then the retrievers go get it the same dogs or the or, pointers or the pointers or okay. the pointers yeah a, a lot of times well it depends they have different dogs that work in different ways so okay. sometimes you have sort of three different jobs one is the bird the dog that is the pointer that kind of finds them Mm -hmm. the second is the retriever that flushes the bird and pushes it up and the third can be a different retriever that actually goes and finds the bird off the ground and brings it back to the handler yeah so it kind of depends on how they're trained but it's really quite fascinating uh to watch them work and sometimes those birds when they get hit they'll lock their wings and they'll fly a long ways i mean they could be a mile away probably and the really good bird dogs will track them down and bring them back that's so nuts. Well, and I think that's the other thing I I find really interesting about herding, too, that similar, like, how much the dog has to work on their own. In agility, we're really, I mean, we're dialing it down to what part of the bar do we want the dog to take the jump at, right? So that we mm-hmm. know where they're going to land so that we can set up the next jump. We are just controlling everything. And in in herding and in some of the gun dog sports, it seems like the dog has to do a lot more independent thinking. Yes. Which um, I'm totally into that idea because they're super smart. I mean, Grant, we're asking for them to read minutia in our body language. So it's not like they're not using smarts to do agility. But the, the idea of them, they're really out there just like thinking on their own and figuring stuff mm-hmm. out. I, I just I love it. I love it because dogs are so cool. <laughs> dogs are so cool well and that I mean this is a little bit of a tangent but it does remind me of the fact that say my Visla that I had first was a pointer right Mm -hmm. he was designed to be hunting more independently and then they were bred to be family dogs also so he was very much a velcro dog but when he was working it wasn't necessarily his preference to work 
really closely with me. Right. You would rather work independently. And right. so as you as you do move forward with more activities with your dog, looking at their breeding can be really important mm-hmm. in figuring out how to motivate them properly. Yeah. So nope. another I- another topic for another time. <laughs> <laughs> we have lots of topics. That's why we're here. So many. And and last comment on other activities that I'd like to try. I I actually don't want to try this because I don't have an interest in owning a Whippet, but I really would like to see Whippet races because that's pretty fascinating to watch also. And and with Tilly, my rat terrier, I'd really like to try um, Fast Cat, which is essentially a 100-yard sprint. Yeah. Yeah. Where you try to see how fast they can run, and that dog is pretty quick. Quick. I know. So many. There's so many things to do. Well, and I think um, there, I haven't seen one in a while, again, because of COVID times, but some AKC clubs will do like, I forget what they call them, try it days or something. And they'll have like fast cat, lure coursing, I think Mm -hmm. maybe barn hunt, not usually agility, but it could be that. So like anywhere three to five or so activities that Mm -hmm. they'll do a like a little showcase on right yes. a showcase and I think depending on what the activity is your dog might actually be able to try it like try it. like fast cat because the dog just runs so um yeah. I would that would be something else to keep your eye out for or some of those um try it type AKC club events which I only find through Facebook posts so <laughs> <laughs> I'm back to Facebook sorry about it sorry not sorry <laughs> well so we hope that our little conversation here has inspired you to look a little bit in more into something that you might want to try with your dog. Or at the very least, join us for more episodes and more hear all episodes. about the things you can explore, like agility, barn hunt, nose work, lure coursing, and so many more. So uh, we'd love to have you leave us comments about what activities you'd like to learn more about. So over on our Facebook page, leave us a comment. Tell us what you want to hear about so we can make sure we cover that for you sometime soon. Before we leave you today, we want to let you know what's in store for our next episode. We will be learning about learning. So uh, we're going to hit a little bit into my day job and things that um, I've also learned just for the sake of agility that's also helped my day job, been a great virtuous circle for me. And dive into how people learn and what you might need to know to learn more with your dog. So we look forward to sharing that with you. All right, so that is all for today's episode. Don't forget to rate, share, and subscribe to our podcast and join us for our next episode, Learning About Learning, in two weeks. Thanks for joining us. Now go play with your dogs.